0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to College Gridiron. guess you could call this Heisman Week edition of the pod. We are back from Conference Championship Week. We'll Getting more of that later. I got my guys with me. I did a real bang-up job on the predictions, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But first, alongside Nick DeLuca, Alex Wolves, I'm Jimmy Sullivan, and guys, I think we need some Edward Geron time. <laughs> we always need some Edward Geron time, right? Yeah. So... Why don't we get some Ed on time?
1: Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Derek Panasky, who does a tremendous job for us, told me last night that Joe's mom and daddy was calling for him. and what, He wouldn't answer the phone, Want to know what's going on. Well, Joe's phone broke. And the mom and dad said, we're going to get you. And he said, I don't need a phone. I got a game to play this week. So that goes to show you the focus, uh, the leadership of that young man, of what he's done. So I think he's fine.
0: Joe Burrow was fine. He was just fine on Saturday against Alabama. That type of grit wins you a high. <laughs> he is a ten out of ten football guy. That
1: is he eleven out of ten football <laughs> guy. That's a ma- honestly that's a match made in heaven. And then you you hear about the crawfish and everything else By with the way, recruiting yeah. trip, and yeah, no uh, that if, if there was ever a coaching, I mean, talk about Belichick and Brady. How about Burrow and Orgeron? Yeah, because yeah. that's just that is the two guys who hit it off, and, and uh, in all seriousness, it kind of shows you why they're so good right now and, and why it's worked so well because these are our two guys. This is the exact quarterback that Ed Orgeron wants and wants to win with because he's a gamer, he's a dude who's you know no-nonsense and all about football in every single way, and that's the same way that Ed Orgeron rolls, the perfect match, and that's why they're playing so well right now.
0: LSU goes into the college football playoff. Number one in the land. We will get into more college football playoff. First time Alabama out of it, by the way. Um, but oh, LSU, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> hate to see it. <laughs> you hate, hate to see it. LSU goes in as the one. They will play Oklahoma as the four. The two and the three are Ohio State and Clemson. More on that later. Um, let's start kind of from the back and go to the front with last week. Um, Utah had a chance to go to the playoff. Uh, and they, yeah, you know, in typical Pac-12 fashion, did not yeah. do so. Uh, yeah. Took a big loss to Oregon, 37-15. That game was close in the fourth quarter, so that score maybe a little unfair to Utah, but still a terrifically disappointing performance. And uh, Larry Scott, I'm sure, was not at all happy to see Oregon winning that game because the Pac-12 now has been shut out for the third straight year, and Utah, with their opportunity to get in, did not.
1: Yeah. Well, I... I don't want to say that I called it, but I called it. (laughs) There we go. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, Yeah, no, a a, a tremendously disappointing night for Utah, but in in all seriousness, it was something that I thought would happen because when you have to – and, and we'll get to this when we, we transition into talking about the playoff and everything else and why I do like Clemson in the playoff atmosphere despite some of the concerns about how they haven't played anybody. I think it's really difficult when you're there for the first time. The reason that I don't have as many questions about Clemson, right, is their quarterback is a returner who was in the playoff last year, running back, players on that defense who are returners and wide receivers and a coaching staff, and everybody you know up and down the list on Clemson has been there despite not having played anybody. That's not the same for Utah, right? Utah's best loss was a best win rather was against Arizona state this year. They really hadn't played anybody. And this is not a program that's accustomed to being number five in the country and being a win away from being in the college football playoff. That's not what Utah has been historically, not to say they're a bad program, but they're not a team that is routinely in the national championship conversation. So When that happens and when you're playing a team for the first time, that really is pretty good. Oregon, again, one bad night against Arizona State, but we might have been talking about them going to the playoff had it not been for that because they played Auburn really tough, had a big lead on them to open the season, and sometimes those games can get out of hand when it's your first week. There's no preseason in college football. So it was one that I thought was pretty predictable just because – when, when you're when you're playing the level of competition and then you know you're going in and it's big game, high stakes and everything that surrounds a, a game that Utah's not used to being in. when you're playing a team that you a team of a, of a caliber that you haven't seen before, it usually doesn't go well. So uh, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Uh, maybe the defense was the most surprising thing that they weren't able to slow down Oregon and as you said, 37 to 15 is a little bit misleading with the, with the score there, but we knew that 15 points, what, you know, you wouldn't have shocked me if, if with 15, I mean, that Utah is not offensively, they're offensively challenged, but to see them give up 37 in the way that they did and and really have little answer for Justin Herbert and that Oregon offense, that was the most surprising thing, but it's, it's difficult to, to swallow if you're Utah because you were so close, but you know, another year and and another shutout for the Pac-12
2: yeah and I think the interesting thing for Oregon is they've kind of been this up and down team all year where you never really know what you're going to get certain times we'll see Oregon play at their best like you see against Utah and certain times they'll play at their worst like you get in the first three quarters against Arizona State so I think and then you look at Utah they've been so consistent start to finish all year and they had this one game like you said they've never been here before haven't been to the championship game in a while and Oregon played their best football in a game that they needed to, and unfortunately, like you said, that one bad night in Tempe keeps them out of the playoff. But I think certainly a good year for Cristobal, a good year for the Ducks. I think they showed that they kind of, from what they were last year to now getting a spot in the Rose Bowl, I think you couldn't ask really for much more in his second season. in Utah, definitely some improvements. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where the Pac-12 goes next season. So.
0: By the way, Alex, you are an Oregon fan. so
2: I do have to clarify that, and this to me is <laughs> congratulations. It's incredibly bittersweet, I think, because for some reasons you look at the way Oregon played and you say that could be a playoff team and that would be fun to watch against the bigger teams in the country, but then on the other end you're saying you get to go to the Rose Bowl and there's not much better than that and play a caliber team like Wisconsin that, you know, and I think it should be a fun matchup. And for Oregon, if they can win that, it's certainly going to give them a lot of confidence in the Pac-12. We,
0: we will see you New Year's Day. We will see New we Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> should be <a> fun <laughs> games. So. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I, I think, think it's going to be great. It will be great. Yes, absolutely. It'll be good. Yeah, we got to hold you under like fourteen to win, but Not know, that's happen. another story. Not yeah. yeah. Hey, what can you do? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was what happened in the Pac-12, and now we'll transition more over to the playoff. We said it. Number one seed LSU. They took care of business. By the way absolutely hammered Georgia. I was mm-hmm. stunned by that. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be a more competitive game. I thought they were going to take care of business. But Georgia let that one get away from them in a way that I I was not expecting that to happen. And there is a real talent gap between Georgia and the LSUs. And, and I would even say to an extent Alabama, although they were down this year, there is a gap there. And and I didn't think it was that much until I saw that game because that was a stunningly disappointing performance for Georgia. Granted, very impressive from LSU. And don't get me wrong on that. But man, I expected a lot more from Georgia, but they lose by basically four touchdowns in a game that I mean, honestly, I feel like LSU could have almost won by more.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely could have, and in a lot of ways it's sort of Georgia hasn't really recovered since the second half of that national championship game in twenty seventeen, right? And when Tua comes in and, you know, they they blow the lead, they really haven't, you know, done much since then. And it becomes really apparent because of how good that team was, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. But the the talent that hasn't been replenished, right? They had, you know, how how many different players and Roquan Smith and DeAndre Baker and the, those really good players on defense when, when Kirby Smart had his first really good team, and you know now they don't have as many of those big time players. And you're, you're looking at Jake Fromm, and you're saying a guy who was a freshman who wasn't asked to do a lot has now been asked to do a lot more and trying to be the catalyst and lead that offense. And really, there's just nothing there. Their offense this year just wasn't good. I mean, they, they lose to South Carolina, and it's just there are some – Outings and some loss, you know, some losses in that case, but just some outings where their their offense just looks non-existent, and it's their their defense is carrying them whatever. And you just you just need better out of Jake Fromm. And I, I agree with you. I was surprised. I thought that look LSU was a really good team, but I thought there were was more to be had with an LSU defense that was struggling a little bit, but they were really impressive but at the end of the day it's hard to sort of discern which which one's which right was it Georgia's offense that just hasn't been effective throughout the entire year or is it you know credit to LSU's defense I think you know the the fault lies in in both ways uh, on both sides so good job by LSU to really to hold down an offense that hasn't been very good, but it was really impressive. Again, a defense, Georgia's, which had been good this year, LSU just ripped through, and they haven't found their match yet. Maybe that'll be Ohio State at some point. I certainly don't think it'll be Oklahoma as we head towards the playoff, but LSU has just run through every defense and everything a defense has thrown at them so far this year. Joe Burrow has been excellent.
0: And let's look at the numbers for Georgia since that South Carolina game. This is after they lost, offensively Uh for them. Scoring for the rest of the season. 21, 24, 27, 21, 19, 52 against Georgia Tech, don't know how much that counts, and then 10 against LSU. That's not good enough in yeah. today's no, college football. You're not going to do that, not in 2019.
2: And we were talking about them beating LSU. A lot of people thought they win that game, they're in the playoff, and then you see this now, like you said with that scoring up, I don't know how surprising this really is necessarily that they do get blown out by LSU, especially 10 points is not going to be enough to beat LSU on a good day or a bad day, and LSU happened to have a really good day, so... Yeah, for Georgia it's interesting. I think it, the South Carolina game spelled bad news, I think, for the season as a whole, and this game was obviously the, the nail in the coffin.
0: Yeah, and like you said, you know, they had a chance. They they win this game, they're in the playoffs.
2: L S too, both yeah. of them.
0: Which is to think about, it's you know, it's, it's I don't wanna say it's surprising, but <laughs> you also you you watch that game and you're like, this could have been How? a playoff matchup. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. What is this? Oh my God. Uh, George is going to go to the Sugar Bowl. They're playing Baylor um, on New Year's Day. That should be fun. That should be a fun game. That should be a good game. But, um, yeah, not, not the ultimate prize that they wanted, and there's still a real talent gap there. All right, let's move on to the playoff. It is official. As we said, we laid out the four teams, and... I don't know about you guys, this is maybe the best i felt about a playoff going in in the playoff era, talent-wise. The, top, the three teams involved, top three are the best. Top three is amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, that Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be fantastic. Um, you've got Oklahoma there, too, as a team who has, has been up there but hasn't been able to break through. I'm a little skeptical on them, <laughs> uh, but I do think they deserve to be there. Yeah, um, and yeah. then you've got LSU, who I personally think is the best team in the country, and I, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um. But Nick, I'll start with you on this one. Going into the playoff, what's your read? How are you feeling about this as we've got Clemson, the traditional power, Oklahoma, who's kind of become a traditional power. And then you've got two teams in LSU and Ohio State who Ohio State has not been there since 2016. And this is LSU's first appearance in the playoff era, first appearance in a national semifinal or championship game since 2011, so some inexperience for them.
1: I would like to start by saying I think Oklahoma is a little bit better than they're being given credit for, and I think that they could make this a competitive game. And in no way would I pick them, but I think that they can give LSU's defense, which we've seen struggle against some of the the top-tier offenses that have been thrown at them this year, struggle. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that Oklahoma's offense can present some problems. I also think their defense is one of the better ones that they've put together in the last few years as Oklahoma defenses go. I'm not going to pick them to win. I think LSU will because they've just got a an all-around better team, but I think Lincoln Riley can give them some problems more so than a Baylor, a Utah, or anybody else. I, I think that they could certainly keep that game within I'm close to one score, maybe 10 points, two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be a competitive game at some point in the fourth quarter. I I wouldn't be surprised by that reading the terrain. I think LSU is a really good team, but I think that the defense does uh, provide some caution there, you know, some, some room for, for uh, skepticism there. And, and I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how they react. and, And I think that they will be able to get it done against Oklahoma without much issue, but at the end of the day, I really, I really like Clemson, and I'm, I'm interested to see what they, you know, come out with because they haven't, they haven't played anybody, and we understand that. But at the end of the day, that's not necessarily their fault because the ACC was awful this year, and I'm just interested to see how they react to playing against one of the better teams. But they're playing well at the right time. Davo Sweeney has been here before. Brett Venables has been here before. And their quarterback has been here before, as I alluded to earlier, running back. They've got a lot of guys who have experience in this arena. And even those that don't, they have a coaching staff that is is hyper-experienced. And they're the only ones that have been been here before. at Orgeron and LSU, Joe Brady, they haven't been here. Ryan Day at a program that hasn't been to the playoffs since twenty sixteen, hasn't been here. Lincoln Riley has, but again, you just with the roster that he's got, you don't necessarily think they're a factor. So I think the the experience that L S or that that Clemson has is is a big factor and I, I really like Clemson going forward because I think they just haven't gotten the opportunity to play against some of the better teams. they're the the team that's trending in the best direction with the most you know complete roster around it. LSU you you wonder about the defense. Ohio State as well as they've played this year. I don't like the way they're trending and it's it's difficult to try and read everything. But I, I I'm not a huge fan of the way they're playing right now. Certainly not the way they played against Wisconsin this past week. So. I, I, if I had to make a prediction right now, I, I think Clemson takes really? it all. Yeah. Mm.
0: Repeat repeat mm. champion. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's interesting.
2: Um, yeah, I don't disagree because I think at the beginning of the year, I made the controversial pick saying Clemson wouldn't make it, and a lot of that was because I thought it would be very difficult, go through two complete seasons and win out, especially one loss would have killed them in the ACC. But they have come into such great form as the year has gone along, and I think right now we're talking about trends. Ohio State's trending in one direction. I think Clemson's trending in the other they look phenomenal right now on both ends of the football. I thought the Virginia game would be closer. They went right over them. And I really do think, I, I have to agree with Nick here, that Clemson is in the best form of anybody. And I do think LSU-Oklahoma is going to be a fun football game, high scoring. It's exactly what we want to see from a playoff. But I think when you get to the final, it's all about the most complete team. And I do think with the way Clemson's playing, how fresh they're going to be coming into the playoff too, I think I have to go with Clemson as well, as much as I hate to
0: say it. Yeah, interesting. Um, the way I look at this as a whole... We'll start with the LSU Oklahoma game. Um, I don't like picking blowouts. This has blowout potential Mm -hmm. um, with the way LSU's defense can just run you out of a building, Um, and and the the potential is there. Um, Do I think it's going to happen? No. I could see this game being like, you know, forty-one to thirty or forty-one to twenty-four, something like that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, high scoring. LSU Oklahoma just runs out of gas. Basically, they can hang with them, but I I don't. I don't see Oklahoma winning this game, Uh, and I could be wrong on that, but. I would go with LSU in that game. Yep. This Ohio State-Clemson game is so fascinating. It is. It's going to be so good. Ohio, State, Ohio State's really talented, yep. and, and so is Clemson, obviously, with, with all the, the returns from last year. I have to give a slight edge to Ohio State. Um, and, yes, you guys both said it. They're trending in the wrong direction. Okay. They got drilled in the first half against Wisconsin, um, and Wisconsin had not been doing that to anyone in the last four or five games of the season until they played Ohio State. So is that concerning? Yeah, it's concerning. But you give them a month off, they'll plan for Clemson. And and the same thing with Clemson staff. So obviously a coaching advantage would probably have to go to Clemson. But this is an Ohio State team that is so well built. And and Justin Fields, by the way, under the radar, 40 touchdowns, has had an amazing season and isn't even – in. Real, really consideration for the Heisman Trophy. And we thought before the year, if he did that, then he would be right up there in New York on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it just has not happened because Joe Burrow has been the king of college football this year. He's having a fantastic season. And I don't think they're going to carve up Clemson's defense, but I think they can move the ball. I, I don't yep. see that as being an issue. I think Ohio State has enough talent defensively. Um, and you, it's such a game plan challenge to – you could give somebody five years and I don't know if they'd be able to come up with a perfect game plan to hold Chase Young in that Ohio State defense in check because he's just such a monster and he presents so many matchup nightmares for an offensive coordinator. That's going to be a problem for Clemson, and they don't have that guy this year. They had a few of those guys who could create those issues last year, Dexter Dexter Lawrence, Cleveland Furl. Those guys are not there this year as much. Um, and they've, they've still got a ton of talent defensively, and Brett Venables is a hell of a game planner. I'm going to give Ohio State a slight advantage in that game. I think LSU is the best team in the country. Um, mm-hmm. I've said that for a few weeks. Um, Joe Burrow has been unbelievable. This offense has been unbelievable. And we voice the concerns about the defense, and, and it's, it's warranted. Don't get me wrong, but the last two games, 7 to Texas A&M and 10 to Georgia. And, look, are those the caliber of offense of an Ohio State or even a team like Clemson or Oklahoma? No. But those are legit teams, and they held them in check. And I would have to give LSU the advantage there. I think they're the best team in the country. Um, my picks are very boring. I'm going straight chalk. That means they will definitely be wrong um, because last week, so this is, this is the bang-up job I did on picks last week. So I picked, I picked LSU in the SEC title game, but that was the one I got right. And then I had Virginia covering the 28-and-a-half against Clemson. Wrong. And then I had, what was the other one? Oh, Utah. I had Utah over Oregon. Yeah. Also wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And then before the season, and we should revisit this because Nick and I did the first episode late August. My playoff before the season was Alabama, Clemson, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Mm -hmm. Michigan. Yes. Now, I got two of those four in the Citrus Bowl. (laughs) That's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, it is bad.
1: Jimmy was picking the Citrus (laughs) Bowl in August. Hey.
0: You guys are playing you chess. Right. You guys are playing chess, and I'm playing NCAA football. Twelve, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my I got two of them right. It's
1: saying, well, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take
0: that. I'll, well, I'll, you had Alex. You had, had Clemson
2: out of the playoff. I had Clemson out of the playoff. I had Alabama, and I think a lot of people did. Um, Notre Dame didn't age well. No, it didn't. Um, Oklahoma snuck in there, and then Oregon was a step short, but.
0: Oregon wasn't a bad pick, though.
2: No, I think Oregon, yeah, one win away. But I think LSU is the real surprise this year. I don't think anybody thought we would get that Joe Burrow, what we've seen from him, no, a Heisman he came, year. He came I mean, out of nowhere. Right? Yeah, and, I mean, That was the one.
1: And it's, again, a credit to him working hard and, and the impact that Joe Brady's had. Yeah, and but, Joe absolutely. Brady
0: just won the Broyles this week. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But that, uh, the Nobody
1: saw. I, I wouldn't have been shocked I wasn't going to pick LSU to make the playoff, but I would have been shocked because they were a team that was really good pretty good last year i they mean were. the way that that they played in, in a couple of those games um against georgia last year in particular was really impressive but uh, there's no way you could have seen joe burrow playing mm-hmm. the way he played this year which is just unbelievable i mean I, you couldn't have you couldn't have seen trevor lawrence playing this well i mean that's yeah. just a, a guy who was kind of a popular heisman pick last year he was the guy who i picked to win the heisman and it just Again, I think the competition has been a little bit rough for him and he he didn't play well in spots and you forget how young he is, but yeah. um yeah, no, I I it's unbelievable the way that that Joe Burrow has played this but
0: year. But think about think about the Heisman finalists this year, right? Burrow, nobody had. Jalen Hurts, I think people thought he could bounce back, but I don't think like no, this. No, not a playoff, not Not like no. this. No. Um, Chase Young, who is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere, but he's a really good player, mm-hmm. so you know, he's kind of like the Manti Teo type guy. And Justin Fields, who we thought before the season, yeah, this is a guy who could be up there and had an amazing year, and he's not going to win it. Mm-hmm. And But you think about it, yeah. no Lawrence, no Tua. I mean, Herbert. Uh, Tua, no yeah. Herbert, yeah. no Fromm. Like, none of these guys we thought were going to be up there, like especially offensively inclined guys, none of these guys wound up making the Heisman. And it's just it goes to show you, one, the preseason predictions are not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. And no. two that, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> not to drop the uh, the Herm Edwards line, but that's why you play the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, hey, I mean, we were wrong about a lot of stuff before this season, but I think the season was better for it because, you know, we've had some boring years. Uh, was, yeah. Like last year, I remember picking it, and it was like, all right, Clemson, Alabama. Clemson, Clemson. I mean,
2: <laughs> Alabama This year too, everybody's seen Clemson, yeah. Alabama and Oh, for sure that's, Alabama didn't even make it there and yeah. I, I don't think Clemson, a lot of people don't think they're the favorite So I do think, yeah, it's been a really exciting no, year No, I don't think they're the favorite No, I don't think I mean, so I, either
1: Yeah, no, I think I'm going out on a limb a little bit but yeah. I with them. I did have them in the preseason to win the national championship I mean, But yeah. as we just heard, preseason predictions are not the be-all, end-all So we'll see Who do we think finishes second in the Heisman?
0: That is, that is an excellent that question. I would vote for Chase Young to finish I second. I Chase Young? I had Chase Young at the end of October, and then Burrow just got on that heater starting like right before the Alabama game, and I was like, you can't, you can't not vote for Burrow. I mean, not that this and matters. And Chase Young got suspended, too. I,
1: the only thing is, look, not to take anything away from Chase Young, because he is excellent. He has 16.5 sacks this year, and he's going to be the, the, the number one position player taking the draft. I think Burrow goes one. If you want to win as a defensive player, which is you know an astronomically high bar to clear because it's only been only happened once. I, you can't have no sacks against Michigan though.
0: <laughs> they were double teaming him though. I, that I whole get game. it. I mean,
1: I get it. That's the game plan, by the way. That's what Clemson's gonna do. I bet. Uh, probably. But you not I'm a just choice. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. No sacks against Michigan It's just kind of like you go to Ohio State. I'm sorry.
2: Um, I mean, I don't know how much this matters, but earlier I did see that the AP Player of the Year was Joe Burrow, no question, and Chase Young came in second. So. No. If that puts things in perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think he's they're he's announcing. a really good
1: uh, player, I'm just saying. I think uh, they're announcing. No, like it's the, a, f- just from a, a statistical standpoint, biggest game, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you want to win the Heisman as a defensive player, that is a really difficult thing to accomplish. That's true. So I feel like you have to at least be on the stat sheet against Michigan. Yeah. I
2: don't know. Especially with the quarterbacks. I would go, yeah,
1: yeah, I would I would probably say Fields finished second. That would be my vote mm-hmm.
0: if I had one, mm-hmm. which I don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always put out these like Twitter ballots, and everybody's like, "You don't have a vote," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. Don't remind me." <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no they kidding. left me off.
1: Left me off the list this year. Incredible. <laughs> next year, next and, uh, year. Maybe. Maybe next year.
0: By the way, and, and Nick, and not to brag, but Nick and I are going on Saturday night to down to New York for the Heisman. And there's this. Woman, and we're not backing down, buddy. We're not backing there's... down. This won't be the last time. <laughs> no. Nope. Um. There is a woman about ten minutes before she appears in the room, and she has like the final vote in her hand. She is the most powerful lady in college football. Right. For those ten minutes. And then now it's less so this year because I mean everybody knows who's gonna win, but last year when it was you know between Kyler and Tua, and we were all trying to figure it out and it was like who's it gonna be, um, and then she's got this envelope and it's like she knows and we don't know. This is killing me. This is killing me. But, <laughs> it's
1: like the it's like the uh, the guy who sends over it's either the playoff when it's close or the NCAA. Oh, the guy who makes brackets. the graphic. Yeah. Yeah, the, the graphic guy. <laughs> like I remember last yes, year was it was it close last year I forget when it was it was either last year or 2 years ago but um uh, I forget I think it was Reese Davis who said yeah well we have the results and this guy's the most powerful you know yeah, man in college in football that, yeah. right now because he has them but you won't see him for another 10 minutes <laughs> it's like all right thanks Reese. <laughs> and
0: then they somehow bled it out to 12 exactly <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> come on even this year they bled it out like 20 minutes and, and there was like, no controversy there's
1: no, suspense no I didn't even year, watch no. I was like are you kidding me I didn't what, what what's what am I watching I know who's in the committee was thrilled, by the way. Oh yeah, I mean, this oh, was, the way it worked out. This, this was, was a dream.
0: Yeah, I got lucky. Easy, it easy. was a dream. Right. Like,
2: there could have been a lot of controversy if Utah were to win, if Georgia were to win, mm-hmm. but this was yeah. as easy as it could have been. I mean,
0: no, this was this for them. I mean, they they're sleeping very well right now because there's there's no controversy. The only controversy is one and two, and yeah. I don't even think that counts. No, no. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, we've got the playoff at four right now. They're talking about expanding it to eight. but Let's do it. You're, you're down for it? I'm not. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm I think
1: six is the right number. I don't know if they can manage that or negotiate that, but I think six is actually the right, right number. Well, I think I've, eight's too many.
2: I think the funny thing is you have five conferences and four spots, so right away there's always going to be controversy yeah. no matter what. So mm-hmm. it was designed this way right off the bat for that to happen. So I think it's just fun for college football. More revenue. It's a lot more fun for the fans. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's not eight good teams out there, but I think six is more of an ideal number.
0: I,
1: I'm Five champions and then yeah. one wild card if one you want card. to necessarily yeah. do it that way. I don't know. That, Group of five, maybe? Because I don't know that you just win your conference and you should necessarily get in. Yeah. like Not all conferences no, are equal, but I just think six is Well, a I
0: mean, bit. I think it was Danny Cannell a couple years ago was arguing for that. He's like, yeah, four lost USC should make it. Exactly. Yeah, a play- no. That's
1: that's what America wants to see. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I see, wanna see Clay, Helton. Clay Helton in a playoff game.
0: Yeah, that'll go well. How the heck did he keep his job? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you see the AD tweeted out that he was staying and got completely ratioed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's bad. Uh, well, and they could have taken a run at like Urban Meyer or one of these big guns. Uh, they didn't do it.
1: No, he's da- uh, Urban Meyer is going to Dallas,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jason Garrett's going to yeah. the Giants. <laughs> oh my god by the way um one more thing Uh, florida state hired mike norvell Mm -hmm. as their head coach did you guys see the picture of him from his college days like abilene christian or whatever it was i'm actually gonna look it up to make sure i get this right mike norvell it looks amazing he's got like um he almost looks a little bit like carmelo with the nuggets Mm -hmm. it's an incredible picture um i gotta find it but I, i i have to tell you um it takes somebody special to take this job. I think this is a good hire for FSU. I'm a Mike Norvell guy. Um, they are going to be the group of five team this year. They're playing in the Cotton Bowl. I'm a Mike Norvell guy. I like this hire for uh, Florida State. Um, I said the same thing about Willie Taggart, and that aged really well. But He's it FAU now, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But I think, uh, I think it'll work out. I, I think things will work out at FSU, and I think this is the guy to do it for them and um, I think college football is better when Florida State is better, and um, Mike Norvell I think is going to do a uh, a good jo- a good job down there, despite the contrary and and despite the failures of Willie Taggart.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a difficult job to take, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and and he did a really good job at Memphis, so you wouldn't necessarily be yeah. surprised to see him uh, have success there. But at the same time, again, it's not you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's gonna it's gonna take some time. So hopefully they give him enough time and to get it going in the right direction the way we, we think he can because he's he is a heck of a coach. How about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting situation there where I'm hearing reports or, or reading reports anyway about how he's trying to just, you know, burn the bridge with Nick Saban and take as many Alabama assistants as possible just in order to stick it to Nick Saban. So I'm <laughs> – I for one am, am much more interested in a potential Alabama Ole Miss matchup next year than I would have been this year. So <laughs> so that's uh, that's good. Good to see him back in the SEC, though. I think, you know, he's yeah. he was a better coach than at FAU, and and who knows? I mean, he's uh, gotten a lot of opportunities, some good, some bad. Uh, but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes there with him at Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah, so. It'll be
2: it'll be interesting. I mean, you say college football is better with Florida State being good. I think the same for Ole Miss. I think there's another team that you yeah. really do want to see at their highest level. And yeah, I do agree. I think it should should be a good, interesting matchup next uh, year. The first
1: order of business is to
0: clean up the touchdown celebration. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. First team in the history of college football to ever piss a game away. Uh, <laughs> Literally. They, <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, they uh, <laughs> they
1: they for sure missed the PAT. I'll tell you. Oh my oh, god!
0: Bad. What a what a wild way to just lose a football game. Like, yeah, I'm going to uh, urinate <laughs> at a fire hydrant, and we're going to lose because of it. By the way, this is a, this is a great uh, quote. This is from Nick Gerard on Twitter. Um, you're going to have to follow along with this one closely. To recap, Ole Miss head coach Ed Orgeron had assistant Hugh Freeze, who became the head coach of Ole Miss, with assistant Matt Luke. Orgeron, meanwhile, became the assistant for Lane Kiffin, who got fired at USC. Edward Giron takes over as the interim coach at USC. A few years later, Freeze gets fired and gets replaced by his assistant, Matt Luke. Matt Luke, <laughs> now must. <I'm lost>. Uh, <laughs> Matt Luke gets fired and replaced by Lane Kiffin. Wow. It's the circle of life, <laughs> circle of coaches. Yeah, it's <laughs> Fire Football Coaches Association. Uh, exactly. Listen, if all doesn't win the game, they're going to win the fight. That's that's how <laughs> I feel about them next year. So they're gonna be interesting, even if they're not good. But uh, <laughs> guys, this has been fun as always. Um, looking forward to the Heisman this weekend, the coronation for Joe Burrow. Um, but this, you think it's gonna be Joe Burrow? I have a hunch. <laughs> I have a hunch. Just the hunt. hunch. Right. I'll, I'll agree with you. Right. Joe
1: Burrow wins the Heisman this weekend. You can mark it down. All right, to well, heard <laughs> it here
0: first. Now that I said it, it's going to be in hers. Sharpie, <laughs> in uh, Sharpie. You
1: heard it here first. Put <laughs> it in pen, Sharpie, Yep. you heard it here you first.
0: Mul- multiple slusses yeah. just saying that it's Joe Burrow. All right, for my guys Alex Wolves and Nick DeLuca, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you back here next week or whenever we talk to you. Have a good night.